0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast, created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to
1: allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are. Too
0: foreign for home. Too foreign for here. Never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo. Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it
1: mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home?
0: Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced Produced by by Jan.
2: Welcome to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR program produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Diaspora Blues also airs on Tuesdays at 3.30pm on Radio Skid Row, a community radio station in Sydney. My name is Ayan Chirwa.
0: My message today is that we can choose to be advocates and allies and we can choose to represent communities and amplify their voices
2: That's Abiola Ajitomobi, the Innovation Hub Director from the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. More from Abiola after this track.
1: Black magic, either you do or don't have it, young black and gifted, talking the whole package, magic, magic, lights, camera, action, you are now witnessing the power, you're
0: <laughs> you're <laughs> You will be known as you like should to
1: be together living
0: happily beautiful weather. thought it was forever calling for wonder you are I'm in this chilling, freezing land, and I'm cold. mission between two teams, the best feeling you'll ever get. Representing Akumala this is how I wanna live my life. I'm proud, neither am I for any black magic. Either you do or don't have it. Young
1: black and gifted, talking the whole package. Magic, magic, live camera action. You are now witnessing the power of black magic.
0: Another Marbo, oh, someone who really cares about tomorrow Not about where they get his next bottle. We need more Cathy Freemans, possibly more free men. These days blacks getting locked up for no reason Archie wrote them while I'm preaching Armed for the beggar man, they took our children away Apparently for the better man Now they take our land, big money for the settlement Kevin Ruggs said sorry and they thought that it was settled lit. But that ain't settled, shit made a finger to politicians The day I listen will be the day that I see a difference Our people in Wyndham gonna see coffin over prison They think that it's living but it isn't See a different vision Young, black and talented, we all fit the description What a time to be alive, boy, I die from my district Vivid picture, the lyrical, now my German And I'm pointing out my skin, Nicky my boy, you know I'm black magic Either you do or don't
1: have it, Young, black and gifted Talking the whole package, magic, magic, life, camera, action You are now witnessing the power of black magic, 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 magic. Black magic. magic, you are now witnessing the power of
0: power black skin white skin centuries fighting straight to the point like i just stuck the knife in throw me to the bush come out as a warrior put me in the city come out as a prime minister if you don't want to close the gap then close your gap heat a combo i'm cold like that
2: Baker Boy featuring Dallas Woods with Black Magic. Not sure if you noticed, but Baker Boy rapped both in English and Yulungu Matha. Yulungu Matha is a term that describes the groups of languages spoken by people from Northeast Arnhem Land. Northeast Arnhem Land is the region. In the northeast corner of the Northern Territory. The Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates, and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning diversity and inclusion, and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. So up now, we're going to hear a lecture on allyship and advocacy from Abiola Agitambi, Abiola is the Innovation Hub Director at the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. This keynote lecture is from the Solidarity in Diversity Conference presented by the African Studies Group and the Melbourne Social Equity Institute. In the first half of her lecture, Abiola reflects on the nation's mood, including the truths unearthed by the Black Lives Matter movement.
0: Thank you, Stefan. Thank you, Franca. Thank you to the African Studies Group for this wonderful opportunity. I don't take it for granted at all. Today, I'd like to begin also by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land I am meeting and that we all are meeting today and pay my due respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Also acknowledging that the land I'm on, unfortunately, has never been ceded, but I always like to finish my acknowledgement by paying my deep respect and gratitude to the First Nation people for the sense of welcome and embrace that I've felt from their community since I've called Australia home. So today I'll be speaking on the role of allyship and advocacy in amplifying marginal voices. In recent times, we have seen the world grappled with the impact of multiple crises: the global pandemic, the ripple effects of Black Lives Matter movement, the climate change, the growing inequality in a global scale, particularly in the last 18 months, the challenging times and uncertain times that we've all experienced. In the midst of all of this, there has been civic unrest, economic crisis, social isolation, increased mental health crisis, unprecedented family separation and violence, displacement, many people losing homes, shelter, and many more. No one, I believe, has been spared from the impact of COVID-19 pandemic. But I'm deeply touched by the recent crisis in South Africa, Myanmar, and other countries that have been facing political, social, and climate war. I believe that in this dilemma, that we found ourselves as as humans in this world, and that humanity in the midst of all of this has been threatened. Children, vulnerable communities, minorities, refugees, orphans, People with living with disability, elderly, poor, underprivileged, underemployed, all needing world leaders, political leaders, activists, advocates, academia, community leaders to shine a light on their issues and be the voice for change for them. As we grapple with the impacts of COVID-19, many of us have relied on social media as a, a sole medium of communication. Some of us have hundreds, if not thousands of friends on on the platform, on individual platforms that we are on, but the sense of emptiness and loneliness increased significantly through this time, making it obvious that we all need each other and that human connection is greater now than than ever before. Black Lives Matter is one that has really had a profound impact on my life and my journey as someone that's come to Australia to seek asylum, a refugee, a woman of color, um, uh, and and all the other labels that you could think of. But it's also exposed the the deep racism and inequalities in our society, bringing us to an urgent moment of self-examination and reckoning. The world became so small, in my view, since COVID-19 started, and the reality of being our brothers and sisters keeper became more real are required from us all. I've observed political leaders in how they dealt with this crisis. Most of them seem so confused. I could even only liken it to my daughters standing in front of the pantry or opening the fridge, wondering what to eat. From the context of Africa, given that we're talking today from the platform of the African Studies Group at the Melbourne University, I'd like to reflect on the impact of colonialism on Africa. Africa as a continent has faced the effects of colonialism and climate change. A continent with the world's best minerals, resources, deep sense of identity and cultural heritage, yet the history of slavery, deprivation of wisdom, of freedom, entrenching society identities turned the communities against itself. Africa has endured that long history of oppression, suppression, determination to be free and also to be able to regain their self-esteem, dignity, and a sense of actualization. At the release of many nations from Africa through independence, which they tirelessly fought for, the psychological welfare of white severeism, paternalistic relationship of western world still kept the colonial mindset very much in the midst. The very sense that you have free, but would forever rely on us for help, for sustainability, for better health, for good governance became the social contract between Africa and the rest of the world. Westerners, I believe, kept their part of the social contract by always coming to our rescue and, 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 and kept us wondering, When does the true freedom and liberty actually begin? In all of this, the awareness of centering voices of Africans in determining the future of their continent became really prevalent and important. Bringing this back to Australia and the context of the rest of the world, I would say the same applies. In all sectors, forums, platforms, political landscape, I believe we can all agree that regardless of gender, race or sexuality, we all need to see the world differently and take necessary actions today that would give us an equal and equitable future. But there's there's still the big question of how. That's because the gender gap, race, inequality, power, control, institutional, institutional racism, disparity, remains. the questions all remain unsolved. Many organizations and institutions uh, legitimacy and social license are threatened unless they make drastic shift in the organizational practice by increasing diverse representation and uprooting the the practices that reinforces colonization mentalities and give power and choice to the community they exist for. Researchers and academias are often finding themselves unconsciously focusing on topics that reinforces marginalization rather than the holistic view of individuals. Marginalized communities on the other hand, not that they don't have a voice, but often they feel reluctant to hold the community to account. Reluctant to ask the right questions, reluctant to address structural barriers themselves because of the fear of possible backlash being labeled as being ungrateful, or even finding finding themselves in situations that give them a very costly act because they have spoken up and it became gaslighted. And also in that means the perpetrators of this act are often not even aware of what they're doing or how they can fix it. When we reflect on all of these scenarios, We can see why the role of allies and advocates are more important than ever before in amplifying marginalised voices.
1: Female identifying artists aged 18 to 35 are invited to enter the Ellen Jose Art Award, a $15,000 non-acquisitive award. Ellen Jose was a pioneer in Australia's urban Indigenous art movement and a radical activist and social justice campaigner. The award is given in the hope that it will support the winning artist's continued development by providing recognition as well as a financial boost. All six finalists will receive an artist fee and have the opportunity for their work to be professionally presented in an exhibition with an accompanying publication. The award is a partnership between the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation and Bayside City Council. Entries are now open and close on Friday the 27th of August. Head to bayside.vic.gov.au and search for the Ellen Jose Art Award for all the details. A 3CR supporter.
0: Love comes your way What can
1: I say You feel the hell.
2: You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR program produced in Nam and played on Radio Skid Row, Tuesdays at 3.30pm. Today on Diaspora Blues, we've been listening to a keynote lecture from Abiola Ajitombi So far, Abiola has weighed in on the civic and economic unrest brought on by COVID and climate change, as well as the global implications of the Black Lives Matter movement. In this next half of her address, Abiola discusses the contested practice of allyship. For folks who haven't heard of the term ally, it basically means someone who supports the interests and causes of marginalized and underrepresented communities. That's the simple version. But allyship is a topic that is heavily debated because what does it mean to be an ally? Is it talking on behalf of disenfranchised communities? Is it providing resources and how do you move from talking about it to being about it? In other words, how do you put these theories into practice? What does it take to make our workplaces, schools, universities and other institutions accessible and safe for communities who've historically been othered and excluded? Thankfully, Abiola has her own ideas of what this looks like.
0: Oregon correlation against domestic and social violence in their working definition of allyship and doubt, described allies and advocates as an active, consistent, odious practice of unlearning and reevaluating in which a person holding systemic power seeks to end oppression in solidarity with the group who has systematically disempowered. I've reflected severally on this definition and especially in the context of my lecture today. And I can see few words jumped at me as I reflected, mainly on learning, reevaluating, solidarity and systemic disempowerment. To unlearn and to reevaluate when amplifying marginalized voices, we must be self-aware, we must maintain curiosity must ask questions and be willing to share our spaces, our power, and our privilege with those at the center of the social impact we are trying to achieve. Allies and advocates must ensure that their actions and inactions provide opportunity for provide opportunities the communities they represent need to thrive, and to speak and to be heard and to maximize their potentials. When dealing with systemic disempowerment, many individuals, institutions, people in power, organizations, allies, advocates, often get trapped in their own privileged lens. This unintentionally reinforces the very structural issues they are trying to fight and leading to a dilemma called empower to disempower. Most organizations understand the philosophy of human centered right-based approach, but often lack the understanding or the preparedness of the ripple effects that the moment of change and transformation bring. My message today is that we can choose to be advocates and allies, and we can choose to represent communities and amplify their voices. And also we can choose to address the structural barriers in our workplace settings, in our community, in public forum, in corporate offices, in government power status, in our environment, and everywhere we find ourselves and we can sense injustice. It is a humanly thing to do. But when we step, when you step up to empower and challenge those that make the change to act and you amplify the voices of others, you become a source of inspiration to others And a catalyst for the change to occur but please as allies and advocates in the midst of doing so be intentional about what you're advocating for keep checking in with your why so you're not caught up in your own self-gratification and narrow views always remember that you as advocates it's not a position it's a responsibility that comes with great sacrifice. To break this down into the question of how the role we can play as allies and advocates in, marginal, in, in in amplifying marginalized voices, the few examples I'd like to give is from the context of world leaders, it's about putting humanity first before economic recovery. It's about paying attention to communities that may be left behind whenever policies are made and invest in adequate resources to genuinely seek the input of this community to ensure inclusion and access. It's about not-for-profit organizations putting participants at the center of managing and leading their organizations. Participants are not only simply intended to be beneficiaries of programs, They have also the programs that they have gained, but they are also there to provide their program experience in order to guide the organization moving forward to achieve social impact. Organizations motivated to make a difference for participants is not the same as placing participants at the center of managing and leading change. This distinction is critical because placing participants at the center requires rethinking how they are affected by the management's decisions and not simply by the social change strategies adopted on a program level. Organizations that are intentional go beyond having a statement on strategic plan to invest in resources, training and assisting staff and their community to recognize their biases, undergo diversity audits and create a plan and strategy that's intentional and genuinely leading to the change they wanna see, tying it to their leaders' KPIs. It's also, another example also, is staff, volunteers, decision makers, all understanding the intersection drivers of marginalization and exclusion, the exacerbating factors and the barriers to inclusion. Another example is around Delivering trainings on how to analyze the needs and rights of inclusion in the context specific ways. Right to developing initiatives that build capacities of specific rights holders to understand how to advocate for their own rights. Another way we could see this example of how, what it looks like when the voices of marginalized communities are amplified is by investing in resources and information relating to marginalization and exclusion, promoting resources publicly. So external stakeholders such as lawmakers, funders, grantors, community members and leaders, allies, advocates, are re-educated on what it means to truly amplify voices and empower communities to respond to their own needs. For those listening to me today, I'm wondering, where do I start? What point do I start to becoming an ally? My responses: Get familiar with the issues affecting minority groups. Not letting your assumptions and mental models frame your perception and conclusion. Make sure your position is always to stand beside and not in front of. The role you play as allies must not rob people of their empowerment, rather on whether unintentionally or intentionally. Always make sure you do the nuance that things you would learn in the process are unfamiliar to you and totally different to your well-meaning understanding. Seek deeper understanding that can drive cultural shifts. As allies and advocates, we must be prepared to make mistakes because we will. Humility in this context is always the key asset. We must, like a quote that I saw recently, be humble enough to accept our mistake, intelligent enough to learn from it. You must be at peace as allies and advocates with the fact that the group you are representing is not obligated to like you, thank you, feel sorry for you, or forgive you. Your feelings do matter, don't get me wrong, but this is not the space to get your feelings validated. As I bring this lecture to a close, I would like to end by these few notes. Envisioning equity, equality, and true justice, whether in Africa, Australia, All the rest of the world demands a shift in system thinking and intentional adjustment to our behaviors. Demands us to take responsibility for actions and inactions. Demands us to always be able to acknowledge when we do wrong. And also to ensure that we are making genuine effort to distribute and redistribute power. The future is in, in. unequal if the voices at decision-making tables aren't diverse and also aren't representative of the communities at the heart of the issue. Harnessing the power of allyship and advocacy, however, for change, strengthens diversity and social inclusion to counter racism or alleviate social justice. So it's a job that must be done. But in doing so, let us respect lived, experience voices and recognize that the experts on any form of oppression are the people most directly affected by it. And the analysis of the oppression should always take precedence over any opinions of people or any experiences they thought could occur. Like I often say, One of the best ways allies and advocates can make a meaningful contribution to social change policies is by first uh, policies to amplify voices is to first take those magnifying glasses and turn it to themselves first. Travel inward, check your why, regularly keep yourself in check with the communities you're advocating for. Lastly, Amplified voices of marginalized communities won't happen overnight. It requires time, intentional investment, maintaining curiosity, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and not being afraid to challenge and be challenged. And like I said in my earlier notes, remain humble and never take the front seat of the very community you are representing. Thank you.
2: And that was Abiola Ajutombi speaking at the Solidarity in Diversity Conference presented by the African Studies Group and the Melbourne Social Equity Institute. Abiola is the Innovation Hub Director at the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. She's on Twitter at Abiola Ajutombi and on Instagram at abiola.adjitombi. We hope you enjoyed that lecture and were able to reflect on your own allyship how can you be a better ally? I feel like it's a question we all need to ask ourselves because we can always do better. So that's it from us. As usual, stay up to date on the Aspora Blues by our Instagram page at 3 crdiasporablues And listen to this episode and previous episodes on our 3CR page at 3cr.org.au slash diaspora blues.
0: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.